Welcome and good morning, everyone. It is so good to be here and being in a classroom, a college classroom, that's part of, I'm going to share with some of my background. I'm a college instructor. I teach business management leadership and public speaking classes for a number of educational institutions. One is Grace Bible College online, so I teach public speaking online for those students. Yeah, very interesting. They're like, webcam? What? What's that? Yes, you have to video record yourself giving your speeches. And I teach business management and leadership to uh, Tiffin University, Indiana Wesleyan University, University of Phoenix ground campus. That's not on the Internet. That's not online classes. So that's what I do when I'm not at Rockside Church doing leader development directing. I assist my pastor, Pastor Donna Barrett with overseeing the ministries in our church and making sure that our leaders are growing and being transformed in their leadership roles and fine-tuning our ministry. So the topic I'm going to be speaking on this morning is on keeping our eyes open for emerging leaders. And the session I'm going to be doing at 2.30 this afternoon is diagnostic checkups, where we're going to be exploring why do we need to periodically check in on our volunteers to see how they're doing or how our ministries are functioning. We need to do that periodically within a year, and I'll be talking more about that and what I did at Rockside Church with my pastor at 2.30. So for this presentation, we're looking at why, how, when, and what when it comes to keeping our eyes open for emerging leaders. So before I go into that, um, I want to ask a few questions, well, ask you all, the audience, some questions. If um, some of you will share with us, what are you hoping to gain from being in this workshop? And I'm going to ask Kelly. By the way, Kelly and I, we serve on a leader development task force team with Dave Paffert uh, with the Ohio Ministry Network. So it's great to have a fellow colleague moderating with me. And so Kelly is going to put on the white on the whiteboard there the questions that you have so we can all see. And then I'll answer those questions. You may get them answered as I'm talking, but towards the end, I'll have like 10 minutes towards the end where you'll be able to ask your questions. So any hot questions that are burning right now that you want to ask? What you are hoping, what were you anticipating on gaining from attending this workshop? How to find the diamond in the rough. Ooh, how to find the diamond in the rough. How many of you were thinking the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could probably put like five check marks by that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how to find the diamond in the rough. I guess I was looking for ideas for opportunities to bring those people into fellowship to see that they're leaders and yeah. see when you're teaching them how to do Great ideas, opportunities to reach emerging leaders. Great questions. Yes. What are the symptoms of an emerging leader? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice one. The symptoms of an emerging leader, and how do we treat them? Absolutely. Symptoms of an emerging leader and how do we treat them? Any others? Those are three great questions, and I'm sure that's probably uh, most questions that the questions that you have are like many of the questions that you all may be sharing. All right, so 
So I, when I was thinking about, oh, why is that like that? I know why, maybe. <laughs> why is that cut off? Well, all right, well, I'm not going to, yeah. So we're looking at what characteristics of leaders are you keeping your eyes open for? By the way, this presentation is going to be available on the schedule, um, Synergy schedule site. And for those of you who would like me to email you the presentation, because you're not going to be on the Synergy schedule website, then just shoot me an email and I will email you this presentation. The Oh, I'm passing out business cards. Oh, sorry. Perfect. So my email address is there as well as my phone number, so you can also reach out to me if you want to call me. So what are the characteristics of leaders are you keeping your eyes open for? Why keep your eyes open for emerging leaders? When to keep your eyes open for emerging leaders? And how? to keep your eyes open for emerging leaders. I have a short questionnaire that I'm going to pass out just to get our wheels turning on this. I hope I have enough. I'll hold on to give you these two as well. Thank you. And in this questionnaire, the following questions are assessing how often you are keeping your eyes open for emerging leaders. There's three questions on the rating scale. And the first question is, how often do you keep your eyes open for emerging leaders in your congregation? How often are you involved in grooming someone to become a leader? And has someone taken time to mentor you to become an emerging leader? And a scale of one to three, one being never, two, occasionally, or three, always, is the number that you will put in that line beside the question. Then I have some additional questions to ask. Are you preparing someone in your congregation right now to become uh, one day take on a leadership role? You would circle the yes or no. The other question, number two, if you answer no to question one, have you been keeping your eye open for an emerging leader to take on a leadership role? That's a yes or no question. And number three, before someone can become a leader, the person must know how to follow. If you answered yes to question one and two, is this person already a good follower and supporter? And number four is who were instrumental in helping you become a leader? And the fifth question, how are you preparing someone else in your church to become a leader? So I'm going to pause and let you reflect and jot down some of your answers. We may not get through, you may not get through all of your answers before I restart for the sake of time, but just fill in as much as you can. Give you a few moments. Or recommended suggested books.
pray. I pray that your reflection time has been good. And these may even be questions that you want to share with members if you are a ministry leader, coordinator on your team. And also get them a part and involved in keeping their eyes out for emerging leaders to grow your team. You know, the whole reason, the whole purpose of us keeping our eyes out for emerging leaders is so that we can duplicate ourselves, having some technical challenges here, so that we could duplicate ourselves. We never want to put ourselves in a position where we have no one that can fill in for us. We never want to put ourselves in that. It's a very bad place to be in when you need to take time off from ministry and uh, who is going to fill in for you. We need to be preparing people in advance for that. And those are things that you already know. You know, in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 18, verses 13 through 27, I love this scripture passage where Moses, he was so bombarded with uh, presiding over many court cases. And his father, Jethro, had said, you know what, you are going to wear yourself out if you don't get some help. And I mean fast. And I'm so glad that Moses listened to his father-in-law. And his father-in-law gave him four things to consider. He said, number one, teach them God's decrees and instructions and how they are to live and behave. Select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. That was the second point. The third point, appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Appoint. Appoint them as officials. That means that we're delegating authority. And I have a slide that talks about why are we not willing to delegate authority. And I have seen this happen in churches where we have ministry leaders who want to maintain control. That's not growing your future leaders. It's not preparing them for the future. And unfortunately, when we see cases like that, the churches start to die off because there is no one in the pipeline to fill roles. The fourth key point that Jethro said to his, um, his son, who was overworked, number four, serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. So Jethro told Moses doing this will make his load lighter because they will share it with you. Jethro fresh further said to Moses, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied, spreading out that workload. That was so powerful because oftentimes we tend to hoard that work. But there are capable members in our congregation if our eyes are intentionally focused on who they are. And what I mean by intentionally focused, I mean, yes, you're going to have to step outside of the, the ministry work that you're doing and start scanning, asking the Lord with spiritual keen discernment, okay, God, I want you to zero in for me the people that can be on this team. Are these individuals, are they, um, their characteristics, their behaviors, what do they look like? Four leader answering some of these questions up here. 
Are they self-starters? Do they take initiative? Do they have to be poked and prodded? Do you have to push them to do things? Are these, and here's the biggest thing that I've learned when it comes to getting emerging leaders. Sometimes you have to approach them. They may not come to you. You're going to have to go to them and approach them and say, hey, I've noticed that um, what I, when I, I'm noticing that when I see you, you, are, you, you appear confident. Um, you seem to always be willing to help out. Uh, you are um, unafraid to take risk. And you're willing to take some challenges on. It's a mindset. Do people have that mindset of, I want to do more. I want to be more. Here's the biggest thing I have captured is, do people in our congregations know who they are in Christ? Do they know that they are the head and not the tail? Do they know that they are overcomers? Do they know that they are above only and not beneath? Because we have members in our congregation that are living beneath their, their leadership potential because they don't know who they are in Jesus Christ. And once they are able to internalize that, and I mean really digest it, chew on it, meditate on it, and live it out, then you're going to start seeing these people start to emerge. But most times you have to approach them. This is an area of discipleship. This is an area where we get to be able to disciple people, to get them to come alongside us. So how are we going to find these diamonds in the rough? You're going to have to go like the fishermen when Jesus' disciples, when they were fishing. (laughs) you got to go into the deep. You can't hang out in the shallows of the water and want to find a great catch. You're going to have to get out there, Dave. You ask that question. you got to go deep sea diving. I'm like, put on your deep sea diving gear and really get out and start looking to see where these people are. But it is through prayer and through keen discernment. And what I mean by discernment is asking the Lord for guidance. Jesus, when he went out to get his 12 disciples, he was asking the Lord for direction. Who should I get? Did these individuals have leadership skills off the bat? No. No. Jesus had to teach them. So here's what I like about this slide. I'm going to show you about those that are un. Okay. So if you have people that are unwilling and <laughs> unable to even receive or take on delegated tasks, they're insecure or unwilling, you're going to have a very difficult time trying to get them to be leaders. they got to want to want more. Are they unable to take on delegated authority? Are they unable to take on tasks? But they exhibit confidence and they're willing. Give me something to work with. Give me something to work with. You know, when it comes to the group that's up here, they just, need a, they just need some more discipling. They need to be transformed by the renewing of their mind, by being in God's presence, in his word. But, you know, as people start to develop spiritually, yeah, I'm apprehensive, but you know what? I think I can do this, but I just need someone to show me how it's done. And so as leaders, we have to be willing to help teach people and show them, how do I do this? I had one lady who said, you know what? I would love to take on this assimilation project in the church, but I just don't know if I am willing to do this. I'm like, well, okay, 
that's understandable. There was some time constraints with her. But she said, but I don't even feel confident. So she was actually insecure about her abilities. Long story short, I say you should remove yourself from this team. We heard in this general session about being honest with people. Don't keep people in roles that's not fitting for them. Move them out. Put them on the right seat on the bus where they can really do well, where they can really succeed. These, uh, you may have people who are able, but they're insecure or they're unwilling. Insecurities are unwilling, but they have some able there. You've got something that you can work with. When I'm at my church and I'm looking around the sanctuary and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this person over here, I'm noticing how friendly they are. People seem to gravitate towards them. Um, they have such a, a helping demeanor, but I notice that they have a take charge about them. Let me go over there. I was like, Lord, I th- can I go over there, Jesus, and talk to them? Guess what? This is a true story. This gentleman is now our first impressions ministry coordinator. My church didn't have a first impressions ministry coordinator, and he's new to the church. When you get new members to your church, you really need to be paying attention to what they are bringing to your church. As we heard in the first session, they got fresh perspectives, and they're willing to work. They're excited. They're not stale. Those are the ones that you want to start looking at, you know, because it's hard to pull in some of those old-timers who've been there. They're kind of like hunkered down and settled in their ways. You get the new ones. Listen, you'll get your church, church rocking and rolling. This gentleman is so superb. He's here at the leadership conference this year. I am so ecstatic, him and his wife. Yeah, he's overseeing our first impressions ministry, and that is as soon as you walk through the doors of our church, what kind of experience are you going to get? You've got two greeters, guest table workers, right there at the tables welcoming you and then helping the people with their children get signed in for kids' church and giving the guests their, their, um, their, get, their gift bags and filling out the guest cards. Wonderful, and it's a great process, and he is a great fit for it. And when I asked him, I said, Adam, would you be interested? And I talked this over with my pastor, so I got approval from her first before I asked him. I said, Adam, would you be interested in being a, the first impressions mission, um, first impressions ministry coordinator? And he said, absolutely. I was out of Bob Evans with my mom at the time when I got that email, and I tell you, my spirit leaped for joy. He took on that role so well, and he also does the training for his new members. But see, he had these qualities already within him, um, but they had to be developed over the years, though. You, one thing about leadership, when you have people who are coming in, they're not going to be the, the 100% great leaders. I'm not a 100% great leader, and I have a leadership degree. I have an organizational leadership doctorate degree, and I'm always trying to improve myself. And so I'm um, looking for people who are willing to take on new things, who are able to take on the vision of your, of your church and infuse it into the ministry. It's, it's just it's really wonderful. I said that how to keep your eyes open for emerging leaders within your congregation is some prayerful consideration. And as I said, I always go to Jesus. He's the best person. He knows people's hearts. He knows who I should go to, who I should talk to. 
And sometimes the Lord may tell me, don't go to them just yet. Just, just wait. Because, see, we don't know what God may be doing in that person's life right now to get them ready for the approach. He may have to work through some of those insecurities and work through some of those confidence levels in them. So timing is always good. And in that timing, you're able to keep looking for other people. But praying God's word, and I would even encourage you to even put together what I call a prayer strategy, is take the scriptures that show, that, that discusses that about going out and getting people, looking for people. I mentioned about Jesus, how he went out for his 12 disciples, go into those types of scriptures, and also praying for the kind of people that you want to be on your team. You know, I have ushers. Had to change our ushers coordinator. Love him dearly. Had to be honest that he wasn't a good fit for the role. And the role needed to change to one that was more of a discipler. Yeah, we needed more of a discipler, more of some that will provide some care. I needed a leader who would call the ushers a day or two before Sunday just to remind them, hey, you're on the schedule to serve this Sunday, and do you have any prayer needs? How can I pray for you? And then to rally alongside them when they come in for, for, on, to serve on Sunday and have their huddle prayer time. I needed a leader like that. So what kind of characteristics do you need for the particular ministry that you have? That's the kind of person I was uh, looking for, and I had been in, my pastor and I had been in prayer about Who will be the next person? And we end up getting a new person who fits that role perfectly. So you got to know what are you you looking for? What kind of characteristics for for the particular ministry are you looking for? And relying on the Holy Spirit to guide you. I mean, hey, in and of ourselves... We'll make some bad choices, and we don't want to grab the wrong people and put them on the team. They may be best suited on another team, but we really need to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to give us direction on who we should or should not approach at this time. Now, I want to also talk about how you can groom those that they may not come out of the gate like my first impressions ministry coordinator who have leadership skills, But you can be instrumental in helping them develop into becoming a leader. So that may be inviting them to shadow you on on, on the work that you're doing. Like, hey, you know what? Are are you interested in doing X, Y, Z? But let me show you how it's done. And let me see, let me show you how I lead this team. Uh, Just like in the work world, we have job shadowing. I have students who go on job shadow opportunities, so they get to shadow their their manager and see all that they do, um, how they're interacting with clients and with um, fellow colleagues. Also, with the... um, giving the the person a a delegated role to actually... a role that you can delegate the authority to and see how they are going to perform. 
how are they going to perform? And so, um, if this, and of course, you're going to be coaching them along the way, so you won't leave them hanging. You will be there beside them to coach them. But what you're doing is, is you're grooming. You are grooming your leaders. So I want to go to the handout that you filled out. And the question that was there was, how often do you keep your eyes open for emerging leaders in your congregation? How often? So I'm just going to ask for some volunteers to share with us how often. Any takers? How often do you keep your eyes open for emerging leaders? Is it occasionally? Um, always? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, what's your first name? Monty. So, Monty, you said you're always looking, but you may be missing. So, how do you go about looking for emerging leaders in your congregation? Mm-hmm. Are they willing to serve in some capacity mm-hmm. and see how they do serving? Mm-hmm. Because a good leader is also a servant. They are. You're right. You know, I have learned throughout the years that a good leader is also a great follower. I have never seen a leader with no one following them. Can you imagine that? A person says, I'm a leader, but they have no one following them. Mm-hmm. So... Yes. Are they good followers from the start? Are they great servants? Do they have a servant's heart? Do they have a desire to grow even further than where they are? Absolutely. And you said that sometimes it's hard, you said, to kind of spot them out. Right. And how is that? Some people just don't take that step to be involved in serving. You kind of have to approach them. You're doing recruiting. (laughs) Right. I find myself having to recruit all the time. They don't come to me. Hey, Tracy, I want to do. I have to go to them and say, hey, would you be interested in? And, you know, sometimes I say they may may tell me no, not at this time. Or they may say, yeah, I am. I am interested. And the gentleman that... uh, that I, that's the First Impressions ministry coordinator. His wife is now working in the children's ministry. Thanks for the, the big ask to go to her and ask, would you be interested in doing this? And thankfully, the Lord had been preparing her heart for that. And so it was just perfect. I was so happy. So now they're both in ministry. It's just great. The more your members are involved, the more they'll stick around. So that's why I'm like, when you get the newbies, hey, we need to help start assimilating them into the church. Not a year or two later. We need to really get in connection with them, get connected with them early. If that means that, hey, maybe we need to grab some coffee. If you're like our church, we have coffee every Sunday and tea and hot chocolate, and we can just hang over here to the side and chit-chat after service or before. But we have to be intentional because if we're not out there looking, I'm guaranteeing you, they ain't gonna, they're not rolling up to you <laughs> and say, hey, I want to be. There's, so thank you, Monty, for sharing. Anyone else from, on that particular question, how often do you keep your eyes open for emerging leaders? What's your um, first name? Tony. Tony? I'm looking for volunteers and leaders. <laughs> yeah. Because we are ground yeah. level. We're transitioned. We're mm-hmm. all new pastors, and um, 
one of the things I have been doing is I have a church roster of people, and I am just praying over every name. Because I'm like, Lord, I am so busy teaching that I'm not getting those connections, so you've got to put people on my heart yeah. that I don't even know or see. Tony, you know what? Hmm. What you may want to do is to ask your team members to be your eyes. Tell them this, you know, I'm in, tell your team, I've been praying over this roster. Mm-hmm. I'm believing the Lord that there is going to be some newbies, some newcomers that's going to come into this ministry. This, you get to delegate some authority okay. to your team members yes, I, I and ask them to help doing, <laughs> help doing some of that scouting out for you. And let, and then let them come back and give you the report on who they found, who they feel is suitable. Don't tell them to approach the person yet, but have them come to you and say, I got my eyes out on this person. Tony, what do you think? And you're like, okay, let's pray through it. Let's see what the, what the Lord says. And then however he leads us, Hey, that's how we're going to go. So yeah, that's a prime opportunity for your team to be involved in that process because you can't do it all yourself. Rusty, I think I saw your Oh, okay. Taking it all in, digesting. Yes, what's your first name? Michelle. Michelle? Michelle. Oh, I saw saw your hand, Peggy. I didn't even see yours, Michelle. Um, um, How do you deal with... uh, My husband and I lead a young adults ministry at our church, um, and we're we're lay leaders, so we don't even do ministry full-time. we have an issue with lack of interest uh-huh. in, in, in like volunteering or uh-huh. w- the willingness, because we have a leadership team of like five people, uh-huh. not including my husband and uh-huh. I, that have been willing to serve, and we've delegated lots of stuff to them. Uh-huh. Um, but how do you deal with getting the rest of the group involved and in, 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 when you know they have leadership qualities? They've been through training. They've done stuff in leadership before. And there's a lack of interest. A there's lack a lack of interest in them actually doing the work. Like more serving, yeah. To do more serving? Yeah. It's time to or have... Any. <laughs> I, or any. <laughs> Michelle, it's time to have one of those honest conversations <laughs> with them and say, okay, you know, I don't know how long these individuals have been in the ministry, but find out where's their heart right now. Yeah. I mean, is their heart still with the youth ministry? Because when people start slipping off and not doing as much as they used to, they're ready to get on another bus <laughs> or change seats on that bus. So find out, you know, are, is your heart still with this ministry? Because I've had to approach some people like that, too, in my church. I'm like, do you still want to serve as a, in the nursery? Uh, you know what? No, not really. I'm just doing it because I know they need the help. <laughs> so find out, you know, are they still interested? And if they are still interested, then... Uh, it's time to get on the schedule and start doing some work. We have a lot to get accomplished, and maybe as the head ministry coordinator, if that's you and your husband, maybe it's time to start establishing some some guidelines for how this ministry is going to be governed. You may want to come to my diagnostic checkups class at 2.30 if you plan on it, where we're talking about how do you check the pulse of that, of your team, and how can you get things turned around? We've done that before, but, you know, the cycle just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, you check the interest level. Find out from them. Don't assume. Yeah. Don't assume anything. 
let them be the ones to tell you where they are at in their lives right now. Which we're on that road right now. With yeah. People. Good. That's a confirmation. <laughs> okay. It's just hard. Yeah, it is challenging because with people it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Peggy? Uh, periodically we have a, what we call a meet and greet and we mm -hmm. invite the new people who have started attending, mm -hmm. just attenders, and our leadership mm -hmm. and some of the people who are looking to connect with those people. Mm -hmm. And so we introduce ourselves, have a little fruit tray or something after church, introduce ourselves mm -hmm. and find out what their interests, hobbies, oh. talent, yeah. what they do, mm -hmm. and how do they see themselves in ministry. And we wow. found that's really helpful because then the pastor gets with those leaders mm -hmm. and we're like, did you see so-and-so? Mm -hmm. And that helps us identify mm -hmm. if they love it, if they like it, if they're excited about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's a God-given thing. Yeah, absolutely. I like that approach. And it's something similar that we've started doing at Rockside Church is having um, our last event was called Soup with Staff. And it included the board members and the ministry coordinators. And I really wanted the ministry coordinators to participate in it because they needed to see who you know, here are what do, what do people have to bring to our church. And it's a great way to build relationships. Something I've learned about in leader development, you have to have a rapport with people. You have to build a relationship. And so when you are starting to approach people, yeah, you know your in-state goal is, I want them to be on my team. But you want to build a relationship, a trusting, authentic relationship with them. Because if they're going to be on your team, you definitely want to have a, a, an authentic relationship. So I like that approach. And maybe some of your churches are doing the same thing. Um, I am not a big fan of putting into bulletin, church bulletins, hey, I need new workers for this, that, and the other. That doesn't always work. Um, I'd rather actually start going out and doing the asking on my own. And, and like I mentioned here, Tony, asking my team to actually go out and help with this too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not just me doing all of that work. I want to go down to the um, additional questions. Um, is anyone currently preparing someone to become a leader? And I see Peggy has got a nod. Yes. Any others? Yes. What's your first name? Janetta. Who are you preparing and in what area? Now, how did you scout out these individuals? Were they already on your current teams? No. Okay. No, um, um, for the one thing of the meals, um, she's actually fairly newer. She um, um, was very interested. Like, mm -hmm. when she first started coming to our church, like, she signed up one time for that. And then she saw, like, where um, they had a family member die and they went to pass away. And they went to another church, and um, that church was not Mm -hmm. And like they had, like they didn't do anything to, to help the family 
all know. And she was okay. like, you know, I'm so blessed to be at this church. And you can just see how, how much I've blessed her and how much she wanted to bless somebody else. So it was so, like, she was just the perfect fit. I mean, it ended up being Good. a perfect fit for her. Good. So, and then um, for the women's ministry, actually, somebody else had um, approached that. They mm-hmm. wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of asked to kind of, it was not they didn't want to do it, they were kind of insecure. Mm-hmm. And, Wonderful. Those are great stories and how they come about and what you're currently doing to help mold them and shape them into um, their leadership role. My next question is, who was instrumental in you becoming a leader? Who took you under their wing? And there's this book that's actually on a suggested book list, and I say that's the first one I recommend for everyone who's holding your ladder. That ladder, that is, is those who are holding up another person's ladder. We're talking about followers, uh, leaders being followers first. Who is holding your ladder steady while you're climbing four or five feet up in the air? And who is stable enough? Who has the, the capability of keeping that ladder steady while you are climbing? It's a powerful book. I encourage you to read it. So who was instrumental in helping you in becoming a leader? Pastor. Your pastor? Yeah. Yeah. And what and what did your pastor do? Bonnie? They loved us. Mhm. They showed they showed a, a perfect example of humbleness yeah. and and just were very humble people mm-hmm. and encouraged us to continue and put us in a good ministry where we're actually team leaders and also individual strengths. Okay. Did your pastor come up to you? How was this initial approach originally? We came from a, we were, well, we were married, so we came from background of ministry, serving in ministry. Okay. But we um, just got to know one of our first year, and then we went to him. So. Nice. Troy, you have something you want to add? Uh, no, because we went from the same way. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then that's kind of the odd thing because um, really never looked for mm-hmm. you know place of leadership, but mm-hmm. you know the desire to serve, mm-hmm. and um, you know God's kind of put us you yeah. know in that places, and uh, and I think that's you know in my own experience, I think is what you're just trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Others have seen those, yeah. those qualities and has called and, them out. Yeah. I used to be on the volunteer fire department, mm-hmm. and the same thing was there. The my chief and stuff mm-hmm. um, called me out and, and put me up in the ranks and wasn't seeking for that. Look at that. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs I have that I wasn't seeking for. Someone <laughs> saw it in me. I'm like, really? Okay. I'll, I'll, okay, God. <laughs> I will flow in that. But yeah, it's it's unknown. It's it's called it's unknown to us. I mean, we may be doing the work, but we're just doing it. We're not thinking about what we're trying to do. Uh, long term with the, these skills and talents and gifts the Lord give us, but someone sees it in us, and that's what I'm charging you all with. 
is that you have been charged and commissioned to, to have eyes that will be able to see these people, to see their talents, call it out, bring it to their attention so it's not blind to them, but it's now known to them. That's how you're going to find your diamonds in a the rough. They're not going to just pop out of the ground and here I am. No, you got to go to them. So I'm going to conclude with um, a short prayer, um, and then we will be dismissed, and we go to our next workshops. My email address is on the card and the phone number. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you have charged and commissioned us as leaders to go out and be fishermen of men, Lord, to bring in more into our ministries that are leaders. Yes, we need people who are task-oriented, but we also need people who are leaders, who will be able to guide and provide direction. Father, I pray for the rest of um, as we transition to our next um, workshops, that it will be building blocks on what we've heard right now. In Jesus' name, amen.